You're listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. Hello, Ethan. Hello, Josiah Pitts. How you doing, buddy? I'm well. How are you feeling? I'm good. I'm better, finally. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Because I thought you were, like, going to die there. Me too. (laughs) Me too. Yeah. I was, uh... What what happened? We've been out of the saddle for a little while, you know? Yeah, it's That's... been off and on. It's been touch and go. I just wanted to say that because it sounds kind of cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I fell ill. I started very... I've been sick for almost a full, like, month, <laughs> actually. Despicable. It was, like, on the 13th, I got a sore, sore throat, and they're like, oh, no big deal. You don't need medication. I'm like, oh, that's money saved, right? <laughs> and then it got worse. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Boy, I need something. Please give me something. So I, I had to make a second visit. They're like, oh, take this. You've had it before. I'm like, well, okay, I don't know any better. <laughs> Sure. I've had it before. I go to the pharmacist. He's like, hey, yeah, I've never filled this for you before. So I just want to make sure. I'm like, well, I don't know why you're checking with me. I don't I don't know anything. I didn't. Go Talk to, to my doctor. Exactly. You're, you're the people who went to school for this. So I took it and then became horribly, not ill, but the side effects were like violently horrific. Jeez. I became super dehydrated and then blacked out one morning. Ugh. It was because I didn't get hurt because I didn't like bash my head on the sink or something like that and die. It's kind of funny to look back on. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm. I blacked got, out. Yeah, it's it's weird. And then I went to the hospital and Jeez. had like two IVs. So that was uh fun. But I'm good I'm good now. They said stop taking that. And I'm like, thank you. <laughs> thank you for the permission to stop taking that. And they gave me nausea medication and uh, I'm I'm back on my feet. After all the advances that have been made in medical science over the course of the centuries, <sighs> it's hard to believe. It still feels like a crapshoot. <laughs> good luck. <laughs> Like, yeah, we're not really sure. Take this. You've had it before. Pharmacist. No, you've never had, you've this, never before. had this before. <laughs> what do you want me to do about that? Like, well, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a peon. I don't know. Yeah. The hospital's like, yeah, no, you need to stop taking that. Yeah. Wow. It was, whew, I'm glad to just be here. I'm glad you are here. Mm. I'm glad you're here to talk with me about the fifth commandment. The fifth commandment. The fifth commandment. Yeah. Five out of ten. Well, yeah, that's right. When we're, when we've concluded this, y'all are halfway there. Yeah. Whoa. What a milestone. What a milestone. It's been fun. It has been it has been fun, at least for me. And well, I, yeah. presumably for you for me. Just said so. Hopefully that's, for the listeners yes. is what we're really saying. That's what we're really <laughs> Hopefully you all have every episode this. like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> Another command. Not again. I know this stuff. <laughs> well anyway, here we are. On to the fifth commandment. Yeah. Exodus twenty, verse twelve reads Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Hmm. That's it. That's, That's it. the fifth commandment. It's, it's succinct compared it to is. some of the others. Yes, especially, you know, like the Sabbath. I mean, yeah, just, there's like we get a whole paragraph. Yeah, golly. There it is. So this is where the commandments begin to take on a slightly different shape, though. Mm. The first four commandments were primarily concerned with our relationship with God. So how we as humans made in his image are to love him and know him and honor him. But with the fifth commandment, the locus moves to our relationships with each other. How we as humans made in the image of God relate to other humans made in the image of God. Because that's important. Yeah, I also, I'm thinking it could almost start to slip away from the, the pragmatic reasoning that I'm kind of used to or that you can see in many of the commandments until you get to the second half of this mm-hmm. where I feel like, you know, several of these walk the line, but this one is is literally offering you the proposition of that your days may be long. However, that's exactly supposed to work. It's very upfront about it. Yes, yes. And we will discuss that 
that at length here shortly. (laughs) But uh, the fifth commandment, in addition to noting the things that we've noted, quite astutely, (laughs) the things that we've noted, the fifth commandment is also a great transition command, for lack of a better term, for a couple of reasons. For instance, whereas the Sabbath command looks back at the rest of God in the act of creation, Mm -hmm. this command looks forward to the promise of God to his people, uh, that being that your days may be long in the land. Whereas the first four commandments have to do with God as the head over all things, the fifth commandment has to do with parents as the head of the household, thus ideally representing God to their children. So you get a couple of transition points happening yeah. here. Okay. Yeah. Honestly, this is a pretty straightforward command as far as the actual command piece goes, as are the remaining five. Honor your father and mother. Simple. Yeah, it's simple. Now, I suppose the shape of that honor could change over time and probably should. Yeah, well, and I I'm, I think because of that, it could be a loaded charge for some people, depending on where you are in life, your relationship to your parents, mm-hmm. how difficult that is for some people. And you just want to recognize that, you know, sometimes they have it rough. Yes. Um, strained relationships are actually super common, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So it, it's not it's not always a... Um, Let's, let's say sometimes it's touch and go. <laughs> touch and go, yes. Oh, yeah, like along those lines, for example, when you're eight years old, you honor your father and mother by obeying what they tell you to do without grumbling and complaining. Yeah, there's not a lot of negotiation at that yeah. stage. Yeah, you're eight years old. Like, <laughs> at that point, honestly, sometimes when your parent says, because I said so, like, okay, you, you're just going to have to yeah. You're in fourth grade, that. I think, at that point, so yeah. it's oof. Yeah, but then you're also at that age where you start, like, you can form questions in your head oh, yeah. like, about abstract realities. So you're like, well, why? You know, and it's like... Like, why? <laughs> <laughs> I know, that's, like, crazy. They're probably asking that before then. Uh, I, don't, I have a daughter. She's one year old. She can't She can't talk. Not yet. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, that's when you're eight years old. Obviously, if your parent's, you know, asking you to go commit murder at eight years old, hopefully you still have the wherewithal to not do that. <laughs> but, you yeah, know... I think it'd be tough. Yeah, generally... At eight years old, you're just honoring your parents by obeying them without grumbling. But when you're 28 years old, well, that honor takes on a different shape. Mm. You know, you honor your father and mother by being respectful to them. You know, if they have counsel to offer, you consider it. You know, you're not mouthing off to them. But you're not under their authority anymore. Yeah, I think that it's interesting because I think at this point we notice that it takes it takes effort from both sides to to maintain like a respectful sort of engagement there. Mm-hmm. It, it's not necessarily implicit or because I told you to. It's like right. because I know this this is important mm-hmm. that you sometimes have to you have to choose to go to the extra mile sometimes when when it's maybe it's you maybe it's them but it's it's something you have to you have to make the choice to yep. be to be respectful to honor that. Right, and then I mean you even take it out to like maybe you're 58 years old and you might honor your father and mother by caring for them in ways that they can no longer care for themselves. Mm. I mean, that was the the way that God kind of orchestrated society back when he was, you know, forming Israel as a nation. I mean, the idea is that the children help take care of the parents when they're at that age where they can't really do much anymore. And so that can take different shapes here today. But sure. the point being, you know, like if you're, if your, uh, you know, father really loves his garden, but uh, it's like back breaking for him to get down and do some of that. Maybe he offered, you know, like, hey, like uh, you I, did some stuff for me. Yeah. I'll go rake the garden for you. I like that example you very know? much. Yeah. And do something for them, like the, you know, honor them for the ways they cared for you as yeah. a kid and you know, hopefully encouraged your loves and hobbies. and But those are all, of course, just examples. And this, this command now plays out in many different ways and takes different shapes as you age. All that to say, I think what really grabs the attention about this command is the second half of it. And that is worth some discussion. The command says, honor your father and mother, that your days may be long 
in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Yeah, I, I definitely get some what is that supposed to mean to me vibes off of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And as a matter of fact, the Apostle Paul actually quotes Exodus twenty twelve. He quotes this command when he's writing in Ephesians 6. I'll just read what he wrote. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, this is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. So the question then becomes, is that a promise to individual people? Like, are individuals promised? Like, is Ethan Bolton promised if he honors Cheryl and Carl (laughs) Bolton that if he does that, he's going to live long in the Uh, land, he's going to have a long, healthy life, or is it it something other than that? You know know what it makes me think of? That super kind of like cliche line, uh, like, I brought you into this world and I can take you out. (laughs) Like, as a manslaughter, it's just not a thing. Um, so, so it'd be like, honor your parents, lest they plot your death. Is that that's, cannot be what we're saying here. Uh, no, 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 it cannot be. Uh, for the Lord in the sixth commandment will prevent just such things. <laughs> Here's the thing. If we read this command as, say, a promise merely to individuals, mm. that, you know, if Ethan Bolton or Josiah Pitts honors father and mother, they're going to have promised long life, going to live to their, Oof. I don't know, whatever, what is a long life? Here's the other question is like, I if you lived it. in medieval society, yeah, wow. Um, if you lived to be 45, it was like, whoa, that guy's ancient. He is an elder. He is of the elder, you know, like, holy mackerel. Nowadays, you know, we got people who are living in their 90s, you know, 100 in some cases. So I think a reading that says that's a promise that's made on an individual basis does create some issues. I mean, you do have instances where children who, as far as anyone could tell, love the Lord, honor their mom and dad, and they die as children. Children. Of course. Or, you know, in the case of the ultimate example, what about the one son who obeyed his father perfectly and honored his mother perfectly, yet was crucified at the young age of 33? Yeah. He didn't live so long in the land. It's very pointed, yes. So how are we supposed to read this? I think it's helpful to look at it from at least two angles. Okay. On the one hand, if family units are founded upon the love of God through faith in Christ, as Paul said, obey your parents in the Lord. He adds that very specific caveat, in the Lord. So he's assuming he's talking to Christian families. Okay. That's good for society and just good for the family, right? There's a natural order that exists in that case. So those children tend to grow up, go into society, work, and contribute in God-honoring ways. It's the case for Israel. It's the case for us. It's the case for any family anywhere. In that sense, as a people, which is where we're getting at the heart of the original command, right? When Moses is speaking this command, he's speaking it to the nation of Israel. Mm. He's not looking at one individual Israelite and saying, hey, buddy, you know, if you honor your mom and dad, you're going to live till you're 80 years old. Yeah. In fact, this whole generation that Moses talked to died out in the wilderness. So, in fact, if you live long, you're going to disadvantage all of us. Yeah, that's Just it. Like, what get, are you doing? Get it over with. Get out of get here. Get out of here. But he's speaking to the nation and saying, if you, as a nation, and as of the people, you honor your parents— you as a society and as a nation will live long in this land. Mm. Now, here's the thing. In one sense, that can be true of all the commands, right? Yeah, I guess. It's just like, think about it like this. This thought just came to me. There's that command. It's the, um, it's the second command about taking the Lord's name in vain. God says, I will not hold guiltless anyone who takes the Lord's name in vain. Mm-hmm. Does that mean that's the only command oh. he's holding you guiltless? For? All no. such things, all, all such sin, all is, you know. Yeah, exactly. It's just he happened to affix it to that command to emphasize it. That's interesting. Yeah. It makes it interesting that this would be emphasized here. Yeah. Since this is the transition command that is highlighting the human to human relationships. Yeah. I think there is some ground to be gained to say that, yeah, there's... A communal prospering. 
yes, a communal prospering, exactly, huh. which does happen to be the case when, when family units do that, when they behave that way. I mean, and that's, here's the thing, that's, that can be true whether you love the Lord or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. can be true. Exactly. So you have that on the one hand, and of course, as it turned out, the Israelites in general just didn't. They just... <laughs> they just didn't. They didn't. They didn't do this. They didn't do any of the commands. They they were just, you know, the parents were offering their children up to Moloch, you know, and fired. So... Yeah, that's... that's when I said difficult relationship... <laughs> that's a good example. That's a good that's, one right here. That's it. So you have that, and I think that that makes sense, and I think that can answer some of those questions. But here's, here's the other reality, okay. is that Christians especially, I think, if you're talking about in a communal sense, Christians over the course of the centuries have been slaughtered at early ages. Yeah. We're talking, I mean, fathers and mothers and sometimes their children were, mm-hmm. you know, thrown into, uh, you name it, the Colosseum. Japan had some terrible persecutions in, the, true, in yeah. the 17th century. I mean, you just go down the list. So they didn't live long in the land, yeah. you know, like, and they're presumably, you know, honoring their parents, doing all these things. They weren't given a guarantee from that. Right. So here's the thing, though, and this, it sounds like a cop-out a little bit here. Look again at the example of Jesus, and then I'm also going to bring Hebrews into this. I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but (laughs) Jesus was a perfect, the perfect son, who you read in the Gospel of John, I only do my Father's will. My food is to do the will of my Father. I just, on and on he goes, I only do what pleases my Father. The Father looks at him and says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. And yet he dies at the age of 33. He's Mm -hmm. murdered, brutally, viciously, Mm -hmm. uh, tortured and killed by a pagan occupying force. Any human being would have looked at him and said he did not live long in the land. I would say that. Yeah, (laughs) it's like not long, you know. my assessment. Right? Now here's the thing though. He was resurrected in that same body Mm-hmm. And that body is never going to die. It walked this planet. It's, he's ascended back into the hand of the Father. He is in the process now of renewing, recreating, so to speak, the world. And when he does that, when that work is finished, when he's trampled all of his enemies, put them under his feet, throws death into the lake of fire, it's not like we're going to become disembodied spirits when we die. Like, let's say, like, you know, we honor our parents and we die at 33. Mm-hmm. Like, man, we didn't live long in the land. Right. Okay, here's the thing. In Hebrews, the author says... Remember, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but he's like, remember our fathers in the faith, Abraham, Isaac, all the line. They did not receive what was promised. Yeah. They did not receive it. They greeted it from afar. Okay. So now let's follow this example here. Abraham, God makes a promise to him. I'm going to give you the land of Canaan. I'm going to give you this land, right? He never got that land. <laughs> Abraham never, he didn't, he didn't own, I think, so much as a square foot of that land. In fact, it went down a couple of generations before his offspring inherited, quote unquote, the land, right? But then they got dispossessed from it. So like, what in the world is going on there? Well, Paul actually goes on to say that promise that God gave to Abraham, we understand it now through Christ, through the full revelation of God's plan in Christ. We understand that as God wasn't just offering Abraham that land. He was promising him the world, the Mm. whole world. And so like the crazy thing about that is you include the world in that. Canaan falls within that promise. It's like saying, I'm going to give you that house over there. And then turn around, it's like, oh, actually the plan all along was I was going to give you the whole neighborhood. Like, oh, wow, I got the house thrown in (laughs) with the neighborhood. So in that sense, all those who honor and love the Lord are going to live in the land 
forever. This land, I mean, this earth restored, we're going to live there. We may be gone for a little while. We may greet the promise from afar for a time like our fathers did, but we are ultimately one day going to live in the land forever. And just in case, just in case that's like, ah, like, well, you know, that can make sense, but what about the other side of it? Mm. The literal, like on this earth side of it. Yeah. Let's remember how Paul laid out the command in Ephesians 6. He said, honor your father and mother that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. So what's modifying that you may live long in the land is that it may go well with you. In other words, what determines how long you live in the land is how well it is going with you. So like we kind of jokingly made an example of what does it mean to be old? (laughs) You know, like I was like, well, how long is it living in the land? If you were alive in medieval Europe, it went Mm. well with you generally for so long and then most people generally died. The ripe age of 35. Yes, at the ripe age of 35. So what's defining that you may live long in the land is as long as it's going well with you. Mm. And again, to bring this back to what Paul once wrote in Romans, God works all things together for the good of those who love him, right? All things work together for good. Mm-hmm. Even when, Paul goes on to say, you are being led like lambs to the slaughter. Yeah. So if you honored your parents, you loved the Lord, and you die at a what we would consider a young age, yeah. it went well with you and you lived as long in the land as God saw fit and he didn't violate that promise. It went well with you up to that point. And it's going to go better for you in the new heaven and the new earth through all of eternity. Like you're going to be in this body living. Hey, you ever think about, now I'm like thinking about this, how crazy <laughs> it is that in some sense you could live on the same street that you grew up on in the new heaven and the new earth. Like that could be entirely within the realm of possibility. That's so weird. That you could do that. I mean, not that you would have to. I don't, we don't 100% know how any of this is going to work, but I mean, that could be a possibility. Hmm. The perspective gives clarity to how this could. Yeah. So here's the thing, right? I actually think for a commandment that seemed very straightforward when we started this podcast. Not really. I, <laughs> I am now more frustrated than when we began because here's the thing. It almost seems like it's not a promise, except for the fact that it is called a promise. Mm-hmm. That, like, hello, this is the first one with a promise. Oh, so we're literally calling it a promise. And yet, you know, like some of the examples we discussed, we can specifically observe that it can go, quote, unquote, unfulfilled, um, just to be cautious, <laughs> in just a casual, like, everyday life, which makes it seem like at that reading, rather than a promise, it's nothing more than an optimistic rule of thumb. Like, yeah, if if you're doing all of these things right, you'll probably be doing well. Shrug. Um, <laughs> and that you might live long. But then we, we kind of like beeline into this, perhaps another lens to look at it yep. through eternal life. And I feel like, okay, why not just tell us that? Why have this room for extreme confusion because I think it's so easy to to either read it as a direct individual promise or something that's specifically to a people of a particular time and culture, not necessarily to us. It seems almost like this is to you for what's going on in your life. It could be misread like that. Yeah. Um, so why not just tell us? It just seems uniquely rife for confusion. Yeah. Honestly, the crazy thing about that is like, that's so much of the promises and the word of God too. I think, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like, well, oh, yeah. like, golly, you take the whole thing. And I think that's the, I don't know, the crux of the issue might be a bit of a strong way to word it. But because we're told, we're told like, hey, you will have trouble. Yeah. 
And we see all the time, you know, those that love the Lord are killed or die. I mean, yeah. we see that in scripture even. Yeah. It's not a shock. It's not a surprise that you're not joining the feel-good cult. Yeah. It's not, it's clearly not promising that at all. It's not promising an easy life. But then this is like, hey, hey, buddy, you'll live, <laughs> you'll live long. Uh, yeah. So I think that you brought up a good point there. And maybe we could, I don't know, end on that or wrap it up on that. Mm. <laughs> do another episode on this where we dive even deeper, <laughs> like we do on the Sabbath one, maybe one day. <laughs> but that's the other thing is that Jesus promised you will have trouble yeah. and suffering. And when Paul was writing in Romans and Philippians, I mean, he's writing, he's like, you're going to endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And what people heard in that promise was, man, we're going to be beheaded, flogged, yes. beaten, mm-hmm. driven out of towns. Here's the thing. Christians in the civilized West have not, we have not like, quote unquote, lived into that promise really much. Okay. We've really not. That mm-hmm. like, That's interesting. I've never been driven out of any town, yeah. out of any establishment. To say I've suffered in any way, for my faith in Christ. It would be a huge exaggeration oh, for us. Oh, it would be, you know, I've suffered for, sh- for certain, certain, just as much as, you know, people who don't love the Lord have suffered. Yeah, to, to the know. human experience yeah. we suffer. Yeah, sin is universal to all of us and the world is groaning under a curse. Of course we all suffer. But as a Christian, I have not, you know, I've I've hardly had anyone even like call me a name for it, you know? <laughs> Yeah. So it's like, wow, gosh, did Jesus not fulfill his promise that we would all know hardship and trouble for our faith and mm. following him and being maligned? How and- quickly you've turned this on me. <laughs> <laughs> so all that is to say is that these promises do come true in one sense or another, huh. but you maybe, have cases like these. Maybe don't be so quick to take something at face value, Yeah, which is always a helpful reminder because <laughs> that can really get you into trouble. Um, yes, yes. So, and as like as our as, as the writer of Hebrews said, greet some of these promises from afar. Mm. And, uh, you know, lots to be thankful for in that. And a lot to await. True. And here we are. Mm. Bang, bang. Yeah. The fifth commandment. Not so straightforward, as you said. <laughs> as we first turned out. <laughs> oh, well, if you have any questions about that, mm. you want to pick our brain any more on it, talk about it more, you can email us. Yes, you can. Podcast at horizonschurch.net. Mm-hmm. Find us on social media. Interact mm-hmm. with us there. Yeah. Share, uh, share this podcast with a parent. There you go. Honor them. Yes, and then, as Paul would go on to say, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. (laughs) Yeah, it's a balance. You know, it takes both parties to make this work. It does. It does. In a really healthy healthy way anyway yes i mean i mean i guess there's not there's not a cop-out clause (laughs) but it sure would be nice if everyone participated (gasps) yes it would it would Mm. it really would yeah we'll pray for you (laughs) (laughs) thanks as always for listening we'll catch you next time Mm.